surrounding yourself with the best people you can afford is just, I can't put into words how valuable that is and having a coach. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best of your listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Frank Iglesias. Frank, how are you doing today? I'm doing outstanding. Great. And it's good to hear. And thank you for joining us today. A little bit about Frank. He's a full-time investor with 11 years of investing experience. His portfolio consists of several rentals and construction projects. He's also completed hundreds of deals as a wholesaler and a flipper. He is based in Atlanta, Georgia, and his website is buyinvestmentassets.com. So Frank, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today? Absolutely. And thank you for having me on the show. I just appreciate the opportunity to share my background. I was actually a music guy when I was younger in high school and the college and went to college for music. 
and thought I was going to rock the world on drums and that sort of thing. And then we realized that maybe that wasn't the best avenue or the best chance of success. So when I left college, I actually got into the IT industry. So for all intents and purposes, I was a computer geek for 15 years. And I kept the music up on the side. So I did a lot with education. So I've always been around the education aspect of whatever I've been involved in. Even in the IT space, I did, along with the engineering that I got involved in, I was also a consultant. And when you're a consultant, there's a lot of education involved. So that's kind of been a consistent thread between those careers. And in a nutshell, I actually started getting bored with IT. Uh, we were part of a really great team. And it got to where the joke we had internally was, if we do this much better, we're going to automate ourselves out of a job. You hear that sometimes in the world today. I'm like, well, no, that actually can happen. And I realized the challenge was no longer there. Around that time, I'd actually picked up three or four properties by then. Because toward the end of my IT days, like so many investors, I heard about Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I actually don't even remember how I heard about it. Went to the seminar. Of course, it got the bells and whistles turning in my head and light bulbs going off. And once I left the IT industry, I really dove into real estate full time. And it has been quite the roller coaster since then. Certainly a journey and an adventure, very different in corporate life. So that's how I got to today. Perfect. Thanks for sharing that. So how long ago was it that you left the IT world and started real estate investing full time? So at the end of this year, we'll be at nine and a half years. It was the beginning of July of 2011, right smack in the middle of the year. We walked away from that world. And back then I had heard of Preston Ely and he was talking about preaching freedom. And I literally came home and my children who were young at the time took Lego blocks and they built the word freedom and put it on our mantle. It was a really cool experience <laughs> as a dad. Nice. So nine and a half years ago, you left the IT world. And at that point, you said you had three to four properties? Yeah, we had learned the wholesale a little bit, but primarily we were buy, fix, and rent. Buy, fix, and rent. Okay. And so it might have been five or six. I'd have to go back and look that we had had rented. Back then, you could rent them and had full-time jobs. So the banks liked lending to you, low debt. You were the ideal person to give a mortgage to under great terms. And that was in the middle of the crash, of course. Mm -hmm. What was interesting was as the market was crashing, I really didn't understand it. I would hear that the stock market was crashing because that would be what my corporate plan would talk about. But nobody really talked about the real estate market crashing. I didn't really start to understand that till once I was in it full time. Got it. Up until then, it was, oh, look, you can buy houses. They're kind of cheap. This is cool. <laughs> Yeah. So a lot of people I talk to who transition from working a full-time corporate job to real estate, they either have built up a portfolio so that they were generating enough cash flow to replace their corporate income and then they jump into full-time. Or the second one's usually the case where they kind of just burn all the bridges and just jump into real estate and they just figure it out. So which of those two categories do you fall into or were you somewhere in between? Like were those three to six properties giving you enough income that you felt comfortable leaving your job or was it less of a financial decision more of like i got to get out of this it world you know it really was a little bit of both we had some savings we had a little bit of passive income 
And we had done a few wholesale deals. And back then, wholesaling was still kind of new to us. So it was like, oh, what? I could just go do this and make five or 10 grand or whatever. But I was bored in IT. I remember walking into my manager's office and I said, this is a fantastic place to work. Great job, great benefits, great opportunity, and I'm bored. So I know it's time. And it wasn't just time to leave the job. It was time to leave the industry. So it was definitely a mix of things, but you're absolutely right to your point. It's, you're right. Most people do the latter. They just dive in. I would actually have a third option and say they get fired. I know a couple of guys yeah. that just got let go and said, forget it. I'm just going to stay fired and go for it. So after you had left your job, what was your first main focus in order to grow your real estate business? Our focus the first few years was heavy on wholesaling. We really focused really hard on that and it really had a good time. Did very well with that. I wish I had known how to scale because that's probably what I've done. I would have done more of that in retrospect, but that was fun. That was really a lot of fun. Just really diving the wholesaling. I learned from Lee Kearney how to do it. And to this day, I still use most of his techniques for wholesaling and just fun work. So that's been really nice. We still did some rehabbing, though. I mean, we never not rehab. It's always just been a matter of to what degree. Okay. Do you need to go over some of those wholesaling tactics you talk about? Maybe kind of walk us through from beginning to end, how you find the deals, and then what types of things you're doing to get them under contract and to go to the right price, and then how are you finding the buyers in the back end? Obviously, there's different techniques. Direct mail used to work really well back then. You know, now it's a little bit more of a different approach. But the one thing I would say that worked for buyers in particular and for sellers was just networking, really telling everybody what you do. And when I say networking, I mean, actually talking to them, not texting them, not emailing them, literally picking up the phone, talking to people. It's so powerful. I feel like as technology is involved, that still gets lost more and more. I don't know. Maybe people have other experiences, but I've never met someone that's like, sure, I'd love to do $200,000 worth of business over text messaging. I just have not had that experience. It just always seems to go back to getting on the phone with people and just being real with them. And people sense sincerity. People sense when you're real with them. It's just built into us as humans. So when I'm talking to other wholesalers or sellers, sometimes sellers will refer someone There's so many people you could talk to that will send you a great deal just because they feel like they can do business with you. And same on the buyer side. Just this year, as an example, someone wholesaled to us just a great deal. Someone that I had spoken to and had a good conversation with several months ago. It's been quite some time. Literally calls me out of the blue and sells me this wholesale deal. I couldn't believe it. It was a unicorn deal because the deal had a hundred grand in equity. Mm -hmm. I'm like, who sales me a deal of 100 grand in equity (laughs) and i said that's relation right there because my average email that comes in someone i don't know doesn't have those kind of figures and they made good money on the deal they just negotiated an outstanding deal gave me an outstanding deal and i'm like that's all networking right there i definitely understand the talking on the phone and networking but kind of taking it just one step back how do you know who to call and how do you get their contact information who are these people you're talking to? Give us an example of other wholesalers. So it's just you're finding out who the other wholesalers are and talking to them. Or is there another strategy you have? I always make it a point to talk to every wholesaler. 
A lot of people tend to write off new wholesalers. I love talking to them because for every 10 new wholesalers you talk to, you'll find one or two that are really, really eager to learn. And it's great to connect with those people. So I always say, talk to all the wholesalers. In all the years I've been doing this, the wholesale deals I get from people are not great deals. It's never changed. That's okay. Just keep talking to them because you're going to find the ones that do good and they're willing to learn and they'll start sending you deals more and more. I just had someone from Chicago send me one today. It actually looks pretty decent. So we're going to look into that. But beyond that, how do you find them? Obviously, there's the forums, you have Facebook and all that, but really the best place I like to go is into the public record. And you start seeing, because everybody talks, but when you go on public record, you can start seeing, well, who's closed 100 deals in 2020? Who closed 100 deals in 2019? And I'm just picking 100 as an arbitrary number. But you can actually see in the public record, and I'm in Georgia, so it will actually sort Here's who the biggest buyers are in descending or ascending order. So I can see who they are. And what was interesting when I did this a few years ago, the biggest buyer in Atlanta, right before the hedge funds came in, the biggest buyer in Georgia actually lived 10 minutes from me. If I tell you his name, you'd probably know who he was. But a few years ago, he was the biggest buyer. He bought hundreds of properties. I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I had wholesaled him a few deals, but I had no idea he was buying that much. And what I've learned is a lot of the busiest people don't tend to be out there. They tend to be much more quiet. Hmm. Interesting. That's my experience. Now, again, a lot of this was pre-social media. Social media has now changed that dynamic a little bit, but it still seems to me that the people that do the most business, you don't kind of hear about them a lot, but they're in the public record. And if you get in there, skip trace, and nowadays you can skip trace companies so you can find these people. It's pretty cool. Technology is making this business so much easier to find people. And there's a lot of people, quite honestly, that do like to be found when they sense that, hey, this guy's real, this guy's sincere. Okay, Frank, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best advice ever? Well, if there's one thing I can say I've learned, and there's nothing revolutionary about it, but I'll echo it because I would agree, is surrounding yourself with the best people you can afford is just, I can't put into words how valuable that is and having a coach. We've had some great experiences, but I will tell you that not having a coach at some specific points in our career, that's cost us a lot of money that we could have had on the right side of the bank account. So I think surrounding yourself with the best people and having a solid coach, I cannot emphasize that enough. I just couldn't. I think I might know the answer to this question, but I answered anyways, which is how do you find these people? How do you find your coach? How do you find these best people you can afford? Oh, that's actually a good question. It's not easy. I am a huge believer in the 80-20 rule. 20% of people do 80% of business, that sort of thing. And I would say 20% of the people are really good at what they do. And the other 80%, I don't want to say they're bad at what they do, but they're not your top tier. And I would even say it's probably more like 90-10 or Mm 95-5. I've just learned that the really, really good people are really hard to find. It takes talking to a lot of people. Like many investors, I've seen no shortage of webinars and ads and that sort of thing. As an example, the builder I use for our new construction projects 
we were building houses for five years before I found them. And once you have them, you're like, oh my gosh, where were you four years ago when I needed you? (laughs) But that's okay. It's part of the evolution. So it takes a lot of talking and just really exploring a lot of avenues, not just real estate avenues. I would even say, look at other business avenues because sometimes your best people may not be completely all about real estate. For example, I've got a business coach and we talk a little bit of real estate, but really it's more about this is how you run a business. When I hired him, it's been over a year now that I've been with him. It's completely changed how we look at our business. Things that, quite frankly, I never heard in real estate circles, all of a sudden became very, very real. And um, because there's got a different perspective on it. So I've got a real estate coach. I've got a business coach. I've got a life coach. And I think you need those specialists to help you. You start with real estate because that's what you're doing. But then as your business grows, get that business coach. Make sure you get that life coach so you you don't lose perspective on things. Because things can get crazy in this business, as you know. All right, Frank, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Best ever lightning round. Sure. (laughs) All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com. Okay, Frank, first question is, what is the best ever book you've recently read? I recently read Think and Grow Rich Again, and I think that book is truly timeless. And what I would say is don't just read it really apply it and when you really apply what napoleon hill is talking about it'll challenge you but it really opens your eyes especially if it's not the first time you're reading this it gets more impactful every time i read if you ever lost money on a deal before how much did you lose and what lesson did you learn oh my yes i've definitely lost money on a deal before i think that's an experience No one wants to lose money on a deal, but we also learn a lot when we go through tough experiences. And we lost over $100,000 on a rehab. And the biggest lesson I learned from that was I worked with a designer who also did the project management at the time. She was an excellent designer, by the way. She was absolutely excellent. It was kind of a trust a little too much, but not enough verification. And that design thing can get away from you. Well, it totally got away from us. We actually had a house designed. And in a nutshell, once the design came back, she literally said, it's ugly. And I kid you not, it was that simple. It's ugly. So she really wasn't excited about it. And and the market was appreciating at the time. Instead of just doing it, because ugly houses sell every day too. Everything doesn't have to be the Taj Mahal. We actually ended up delaying the whole project changed it to a pretty house. By the time we built the pretty house, it was more complicated and it was a nicer house, but more complicated, more challenging, way over budget. At the end of the day, we lose hundred grand. Whereas if we built the ugly house, we would have made money. It was crazy. And then the flip side, what's the best ever deal you've done? I think my favorite deal I've ever done, that's the best is some of the ones I bought back 
in the early days, 2009, 10. There was nothing glamorous about them, but I held them. In fact, we sold one earlier this year that we owned for nine years. Well, in nine years, we created 150,000 in equity and we were able to do a 1031 exchange into something better. So when I look at all the deals I'm done, I'm like, that to me is the best deal. And I just had a handful of those. Buy and hold, build that equity because it's really nice what it can turn out. Now, of course, you want to make sure in a market where that can happen. And across Atlanta has been that market, but that's what I would say. What is the best ever way you'd like to give back? I have a background with education. I've always been involved with it to some degree. And I enjoy teaching at real estate meetings. I enjoy speaking. I can do the hype thing and be excited. But also when I share at a lot of meetings, I like to just get real with people. Because a lot of people, again, they just want the sincerity. Hey, what really happens? This is not HGTV. There's a lot of real work that goes into this. Nothing wrong with HGTV, by the way, but there's just a lot you don't see. So when a new person's coming in in particular... They really want to know what's happening. Or if you have someone that got involved and they got burned, they still want to do real estate. They're excited about it, but they really don't like the feeling of being burned. Can you help them? So I love sharing in those types of situations in particular, because it really allows you to connect with people. You feel their pain. They understand that you understand them. And it gives them a lot of confidence, a lot of hope, and really restores their, yes, I can do this. And that's really rewarding. And then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? So best place to reach me, you can email me. It's frank at workingwithhouses.com. Again, frank at workingwithhouses.com. Or you can call our office, 678-408-2228. Again, 678-408-2228. Those are the best ways. You can message me on Facebook as well or Instagram, but email and phone are definitely much more likely to get me. Awesome, Frank. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and providing us with your best ever advice. We focused a lot on wholesaling, but I think most of the things we talked about, if not all of them, can be applied to any real estate niche. So at first, we talked about you leaving your job and the two options, and you added the third option for people leave their jobs, which is they have enough money to leave their job, they burn a bridge or they get fired. (laughs) So you were the got bored with what you were doing at your work and jumped into real estate full-time. And then those timeless universal tactics that you talked about in regards to wholesaling was networking. So talking to everyone you know about what you're doing and then actually talking to them on the phone as opposed to just text or email or social media, things like that. Making sure you're honest, you're real, because people can sense that. Making sure you're talking to everyone, not just the established guys, but also the newbies, just because you might find that one out of 10 person who ends up being a really go-getter and brings a lot of business. And then you talked more tactically, specifically about wholesaling and finding buyers. That's just going to the public record and seeing who's closed on the deals, find the biggest buyers and skip trace them. And then your best ever advice was to surround yourself with the best people you can afford and having a coach. You kind of talked about how start off with a real estate coach, but eventually you want to find the specialist for business and then a life coach as well. And you did mention that it's really hard to find these best people. But just like, as you mentioned with networking, you gotta talk to a lot of people. And then something I really liked was that you don't necessarily have to just focus on talking to real estate people because some other business might also be a good fit for you, whether it be a mentor or a partner or someone that's going to work with you. So a lot of solid advice given in this episode. So we really appreciate it, Frank. Thanks for coming on. Best of listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.